If you're able to stand, please do. If not, by all means, sit down. But we're going to continue to praise the one true God by saying together, you're going to hear a lot of my voice uh, this service, so why don't we say it together so we get some more voices just in mine. And we're going to say, it's only five verses, but it's packed full of praise for one true God. So let's say together, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Please do take a seat. These are our weekly notices, which you can see are a bit thin on the ground. Um, If you want to be informed about what's happening in Kingfisher Church week by week, I would suggest you get in touch with our administrator, Dana Bass, um, and you'll get a weekly email. I'm not going to run through these, just two other things to mention. Um, if for children, I know it's hot and warm, and you'd probably like to go outside, but we've got contractors um, putting in a running track for Little Paxton Primary School, so we don't want to go out there. So if you can stay in here. And the other thing I was going to mention, worth putting in your diary, 10th of September, It is Paul Dutton's commissioning service or induction. I don't know what you do with pastors, but anyway, he's going to be um, commissioned at uh, Fairfield um, Chapel uh, on the 10th of September. So just put that in your diary. I'm sure you get more details about that. Um, Let's sing again. Before we do that, this is essentially the creed. A creed is just a body of words. You won't find them in the Bible. They come from the Bible to say what Christians, their basic core beliefs, doesn't belong to any particular church or denomination. It's probably about 4th century, first of all, and 7th century it came in the form we have it now. We're not going to say it, we're going to sing it, but just make you aware of a few things which I think As we look, we've been looking at God's big picture over these five uh, Sundays over summer. And I think there's some things here we want to think about when we come to think of um, the perfected kingdom, which is our final uh, look at God's big picture, for want of a better phrase. Notice there, we see that Jesus died, then he rose again. And he, he is the only one who's come out the other side of death. Um, and he, is, he raised physically, and that is what, for all, everyone will be raised before the new, king, the new heaven, the new earth, the new universe is ushered in when Jesus returns, so this age, and he's going to bring in the age to come. And also, just look at there. Yeah, Jesus will come back again to judge the living and the dead. And again, that's something he will do just before the new age comes 
into all its glory and uh, is fulfilled by Christ. So let me click back to the beginning of this. And when musicians begin to uh, play, let's stand and sing, God our Father, full of power. Please do take a seat. Okay, have a look up there. Can anybody tell me who that is? Any of the younger ones? How about you, Jacob? You're always keen to... Jesus? Not quite, but it's always a good answer. Anyone else give us a go or else? Go on, Mally. It's Abraham, isn't it? As he looked up into the stars. Do you remember Genesis? That, he looked up at the stars. That was in chapter 15 of Genesis. But this is a promise which um, God made to Abraham. I'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So that was a great promise that God made to Abraham and all his descendants. We've been looking at, as I say over this summer, um, at God's Big Picture, which is a book by someone called Vaughan Roberts, who's a leader of a church in Oxford, St. Ebbs. And it's an overview. It's God's Big Picture. And we thought about the kingdom, God's kingdom, in terms of God's people in God's place, under God's rule and blessing. And we have seen how last week we got to the proclaimed kingdom. We've seen how in Eden, God, he's created everything. And then he placed Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, um, in the garden. And there was that God and man dwell together. And Adam and Eve were to expand the garden so it covered the whole of the earth for God's glory. They were image bearers, made in God's image, and they were to expand um, throughout um, the world. So the whole of the world was full of God's glory. But we know that Adam and Eve, they declared a unilateral declaration of independence. that's what we call sin. They said no to God and his just and right rule. They would do things on their own. And so we know they were banished from the garden. And we just see, as we see here, just goes, gets worse and worse before. But then we get that promise to Abraham, as we just saw, that promise that he would have a land. He would have a nation would come through him and his people would enjoy his rule and blessing. And it seemed extraordinary because Abraham and his wife Sarah were well past um, childbearing age. And as we work through this, we see how God and his kingdom works its way through. We see how God rescues his people from Egypt, how he provides them with the, the law, the covenant, and how they go into the promised land Israel. But again, the problem is sin. It hasn't been sorted out. And we see 
that decline, but there's a hope which comes from a prophet. They tell of that great hope which comes through God's Son, Jesus Christ. And we see how Christ was born and he lived a life, a perfect life. He died on the cross. His perfect life for those who put their trust in him um, is ours. And the sin is placed on him for those who put their trust in Jesus. And that happened at the cross. He defeated all the powers of evil, um, human and otherwise, including Satan, on the cross. He rose after three days. And then he ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit came down which was received by all who believe. And his people are those who have put their trust in Jesus and now have the Holy Spirit working in and through them. So we are in the final part of God's big picture and we're going to look at the perfected kingdom fairly shortly. Before we do that, why don't we have a look at these words? I'll read them. And then, just in a, a moment of quiet, why don't we do just as this passage says? So let me read it for you. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So as I say, in a moment of quiet, just let's do that, and then I will conclude with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for adopting us as your children and making us your children and making us heirs of eternal life. In your mercy, you have cleansed us from our sins and made us clean in your sight, yet we still fail to love you as we should and serve you as we ought. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us by your grace that we may continue as members of Christ in whom alone is our salvation. Amen. And let's sing this next song, Grace Awaiting Me. So when musicians begin to play, we'll sing Grace Awaiting Me. Awaiting me. We're going to pray now. Bring our prayers to our Heavenly Father. God of everlasting love, we pray for all people Make your ways known to them, your saving power among all people. We pray particularly for our mission partners who are bringing the good news of Jesus to people all around the world. Pray particularly this morning for Nam Hoon and Linya and the children serving you in South Korea. Pray for Nam Hoon uh, for his studies at the Bible Seminary and for his placement Pray for Linya and the children as they uh, adjust to life in South Korea, having been there for over a year now. We just pray that they are able to master the language and they might be salt and light in the place where they live in South Korea. We do pray for Kingfisher Church. Help us to love and show grace to one another. Help us to encourage each other 
to keep following and loving Jesus. And as our church covenant states, help us, Father, to work together to continue the evangelical ministry of this church. We'll contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of this church, both financially and otherwise. And finally, Lord, we just pray for those who are sick, feeling down, lonely, whatever it might be, Lord, who need your comfort. So we do pray that you comfort and heal the merciful Father. Those who struggle, the sick and the lonely, we pray, particularly this morning, for Tom Pitcher with his uh, continuing health issues. We do pray for Marion and Russ as they support Tom. We pray that for all those who are finding life difficult for whatever reason, that you give them, that you help them trust in your goodness. And may they be delivered from their distress. Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Gaius is very kindly going to come and read to us from Revelation 21, verses 1 to 7. So, if you have a church Bible, it should be, when I find it, on page 1249. Thank you. A new heaven and a new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I saw a loud voice. And I saw a loud voice from, from the throne. Um. Okay, guys, shall I? Shall I continue? Yeah. Okay. All right, let me do this now. Okay, so, let's start again. Sorry. Are you going to do it? Thank you. Okay, so then. When I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven, for the first heaven and the first earth, I passed away. And well, there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, from the, from the phone saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. They will be his pe- people. And God himself... And God himself will be with them and be their God. He wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's passed away. He who was seated, he on, who the was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. When he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. For the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this. 
and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Thank you very much, Gareth and Joyce. As I mentioned earlier, this is the final uh, session when we look at God's big picture and we come to the perfected kingdom. And we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Before we think about that, I wonder what your idea of perfection, paradise, heaven even is. Any takers? Or else shall I get the ball rolling? Okay, here we are. This is Studland Bay in Dorset on the Isle of Perfect. Perbeck, not perfect, but Perbeck. And this would be my idea of heaven. As you can probably tell, I quite like the sun. The weather's good. You've got a fantastic beach. I would happily spend my time at Studland Bay. It's not the Maldives, but I think, yeah, this is... It's my favorite place, I reckon. And that, to me, would be my idea of paradise. Any other ideas? You can tell how shallow my thoughts are. Okay. Well, I reckon, when we think about it a little bit more deeply, what is the world we all want? What is the world we all want? A place where we don't have to mourn the death of family or friends. We don't grow old. My joints are creaking and it's getting worse. No war or anger. Real peace. A world without poverty. A world of plenty, provision. Creation not spoilt by pollution. No earthquakes or tsunamis. I think deep down, if we were to really ask, what is the world we want? Those are the sort of things we would say. And actually, the Bible tells us there is such a world. And that will come with a perfected kingdom. So at the moment, we're still part of that now and not yet kingdom. But one day, those who have put their trust in Jesus, who belong to him, will enjoy that perfect kingdom. And it'll be God's people in God's place, experiencing God's wonderful blessing and rule, as it was always meant to be, right back at the beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. So we're going to look at the final two chapters of Revelation. Um, So before we look at that, I think we'll take stock again. We had a look at, you know, so far last week we've got to proclaimed kingdom. If you might remember back a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the prophesied kingdom. And we saw that although there was that decline, because of the nation, that was Israel, which had split into two by that point, it was known as Israel and Judah, but both nations, they did not live as God's people, even though God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt, even though they had entered the promised land. He had made a promise, a covenant. He had given them their, the, 
the law. And the law isn't just the Ten Commandments, the whole of God's um, plan of how to live as God's people. So they will show how good it is to belong to the one true God. And we see that decline there. But do you see there you've got that prophetic, you've got a hope. And what the prophets such as Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah amongst a number of them was in the future at some time, God's people, that would be the new Israel, people from every tribe and nation, God's place, new temple equals a new creation. We'll think about the temple and the city in a minute. And that new covenant and new king and the new king is Christ, and that new covenant, that new living under God's rule and blessing. The book of Revelation, it was John who received this um, revelation. God revealed what was hidden in a series of visions. Now, John had been exiled to the island of Patmos, And at that time, the Roman emperor was called Domitian. Well, that's how I pronounce it. I did Google it to see what was the right pronunciation, but I think I'm going to stick with this. He reigned from about 81 AD through to about 96 AD. So his reign started about 50 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And at that time, the Christians were facing really severe persecution because of their faith in Christ. And so Revelation, this book is above all else, to help people to keep on going, to keep sticking with Jesus, to persevere. Because Revelation, and I say I probably haven't got the ability or skill to really explain um, uh, it Fully, but it's full of weird and wonderful images, dreams, number patterns, all sorts of things. But don't lose sight of the fact its aim was to encourage and to enable Christians to keep on going in the face of real persecution, even unto death itself. And that's still the tr- true today. There, there are Christians around the world in North um, Nigeria, or in Myanmar, as we know, who face exactly that. And for us in the Western world, perhaps it's stuff and things which are a real problem and which catch us and keep us captivated rather than sticking with Jesus. So remember that as we go through this. Um, The other thing that's worth mentioning about Revelation is... There's a lot of use of picture language, symbols, to say number patterns. And that's because our minds are limited by time and space. And when words fail, pictures are often the way which enable us to understand. It's picture language, images, but it doesn't mean it's fantasy. It doesn't mean it's not true. And I think it's worth remembering in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9, we hear, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love them. 
So as I say, although it sounds strange, parts of it, and we have some uh, amazing picture language and symbols, it is not fantasy, it's not make-believe, a fairy tale. It is true. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the passage which Gaius kindly read and Joyce kindly read to us. So do you see there, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. No longer any sea. So it's a new creation, a real physical place. It's not us going up somewhere. It's heaven and earth united in God's new creation, a new heaven and earth, a new universe, if you like. And you see there, there will be no sea, which isn't uh, so good if you like swimming in the sea or you like sailing or you like surfing. But that's picture language. For in, the, in the days for the Israelites, they weren't great seafarers. And the sea was a, a source of trouble, turbulence. And so what that is saying there is, in this new creation, this new heaven and new earth, there will be no chaos There'll be no trouble. This will be God's perfect kingdom. So say at the beginning we saw how God and the first humans lived in that perfect relationship and the creation was as it should be. That was perfect too. And they enjoyed God's blessing and perfect rule. They were living with God. And as we trace the storyline, we see that sin is the persistent problem, isn't it? And verse 2 we see, and we'll look at the city in a little bit more detail soon, but we see the city comes down as a bride to a husband. And that's a picture of that intimacy of God's people coming down. As I say, heaven and earth, the new creation. It's never about us going up. It's never this insubstantial, ethereal, um, disembodied state. We, when we sang that creed, we saw that Jesus came out of the other side of death and rose again bodily, physically. And that is what will happen to everybody before he comes again. Those who love him will go to that, his perfected kingdom. And those who do not belong to Jesus will be cut off. Um, they will not experience the source of all goodness and life. And that'll be forever. And we see there God's dwelling place in verse 3. God will dwell with his people. Right. I've got two envelopes. Does anybody want to come up? Go on... Um, I've forgotten your name. You see, I told you, when we get old, all sorts of things go wrong, including our memory. There you go, that's one. Have we got another one? Anybody else fancy go? No? Sue Jane, I think we're going to have to call on you wherever you are. There you go. Micah, I've remembered. You see, it just comes back to you. Okay. Do you want to... Hmm? Yeah, Sue Jane, yeah, I know that. I should do. It's been about 30, how many years? Anyway... Okay, do you want to open yours, Sue Jane and Micah? 
Okay. Gosh, did I seal that down? It must have been the humidity. Just rip it. I don't want it back. That's it. What have you got in there? I hope I put something. Okay. Okay, so Michael, what have we got? Plasters. Plasters. Okay, what have you got, Sue Jane? And do you see that? Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things have passed away. So do you see that we'll have in this new creation, this new universe, there will be no need for plasters because there's going to be no illness, nothing bad will happen. And there, now I was thinking, I suppose it's to wipe away our tears perhaps, but also we won't get cold, so we won't need tissues for that either. But anyway, we can see, and I know this seems extraordinary, and all we've ever experienced a world which isn't as it should be. We've experienced a world which has been messed up by humanity's rebellion against one true God. But that will all be put right in this perfected kingdom. We're thinking now of God's place. You know, thank you very much if you'd like to take your seats. You can hang on to them if you like, Micah, but (laughs) okay. As I say, we've been thinking of God's um, perfected kingdom in terms of the kingdom of God's place, God's people, living under God's rule and blessing. And we're looking now at God's place, this new heaven and a new earth. It says, so be no more mourning or death, The world we all want will be enjoyed by those who belong to Jesus. So the next slide here. We see John, the Apostle John, one of those who saw the resurrected Jesus before he went back to heaven, ascended back to be with the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we see here a picture of, of the city, the holy city of Jerusalem. There's lots that can be said about this, and my time is limited, so I must get a move on. We saw in verse 2, didn't we, that the city would come down like a bride to the husband. That was a picture of God's people coming down to be with God. And that's picture language. But again, We've got this picture. John saw this vision of the new Jerusalem, the city. Now, this was um, the Temple of Solomon. And the temple was, if you like, where heaven and earth were connected. I mean, when Solomon commissioned the temple, he knew full well that the one true God, the maker of all things, could not be contained in a building like this. But nonetheless, the temple was a huge part of the national life of Israel. And it was where, it was a, a picture where heaven and earth were joined. It was a place of God's presence. And it was a beautiful city. And the city which John sees is a beautiful city. It's There's gold and there's lots of precious jewels and gems studded into this um, city. And that's all pointing to the fact this city is also a temple. The jewels which were 
encrusted into the city walls. They were the jewels which the high priest had as a breastplate when he went into the temple, when he, uh, and once a year, went into the Holy of Holies, that sort of uh, Day of Atonement. And also Solomon's temple, as we see there, is a magnificent building, and gold featured very heavily. And again, when John's picture of the temple, he sees it lined, and the, the floors and the steps are gold. And also, we see in this temple, let me just move us on here. This is a temple. So, so the, what, what doesn't in this temple as it comes down, and in this vision of John, what is not there? Anybody got any ideas? And maybe if you're a bit young, you haven't got the hang of reading that well, maybe find someone a bit older or one of your adults, maybe they might help you out. Can you see what's missing when in John, <clears throat> when we read verses 22 through to 27, part of John's vision? There's no temple, is there? Can you see that? I did not see a temple. And what's that, that showing is in this city, it's actually a temple city. There's no need for a special place to worship God. God Almighty and the Lamb, that's Jesus, are there with us. There's no distance or barrier as there was. In the old temple, there was a, a curtain which um, separated the Holy of Holies from the, temple, uh, from the rest of the temple. And only the high priest could go in there. So God's presence will fill the whole of the creation. God will be with his people. There's no need for a temple, no special place, because his presence will fill the whole of the entire new creation, the new universe. There's no sun or moon either, which sounds strange, but God's radiance and beauty will be far brighter than any light. Again, we're still looking at picture language here. The gate, do you see that? It's open. It never shuts. But this, in these city walls, God's people, those who put their trust in Jesus, will be secure, even though the gate's open. Then in John's vision, we see something else in Chapter 22, verses 1 to 7. The, the picture language changes back to Eden. In fact, this is Eden restored. The curse is reversed. Again, as we said, Adam and Eve, the first humans, were in the garden. They enjoyed that perfect relationship with God. Creation was as it was meant to be, and they enjoyed his perfect blessing. We know how that rebellion, that Adam and Eve, they ate from the tree of life. And they were banned. They were banned from eating from that tree forever. And all people were cursed through them. But do you see in this, in John's vision here in chapter 22, there's a river of the water of life. It flows from the throne of God and the Lamb. That's Jesus. 
And the tree of life is there as well, isn't it? And verse 3, there'll no longer be any curse. And actually, we will be sustained and we will live because of that tree of life. It will restore people and it will give life constantly to God's people. So as we see now, the new creation will be a temple, garden, city. And right there will be God Almighty at the center. We're, you've listened very well to me. We're going to look at the next two things more briefly. God's people living under God's rule and blessing fairly shortly. But we're going to sing a song, one which I'm sure you all know very well. And you look there, it says, Our God is a great big God. And that's true. He is beyond our wildest dreams. We also see there that it's wonderful. It says how wonderful to be a part of God's amazing plan, to be part of God's big picture, that storyline of the Bible. So, thinking of those things, thinking of a God who is beyond our wildest dreams, yet is revealed to us in his word what will what we can look forward to as part of his perfected kingdom for those who put their trust in Jesus. Let's sing that song. Thank you. Please do take a seat. We're now looking, as I say more briefly, at God's people and God's people living under his rule and blessing in the perfected kingdom. So if we, this is from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, the throne of the Lamb. And so what we see of God's people now in that perfected kingdom, that kingdom to come, in the age to come, it will be made up of people from every tribe and every tongue. And you think about probably almost from the beginning, how conflict, how um, antagonism, anxiety has come through people from different nationalities, from different ethnicities, from different backgrounds, economic or social backgrounds. And yet here, in the perfected kingdom, as the prophets such as Isaiah, Ezekiel and Jeremiah pointed ahead to, people all people who put their trust in Jesus from every tribe, every tongue and nation will be in God's perfected kingdom. Hello. Who knows who this, the lion is? Have you got the name for him? It's Aslan, isn't it? Those are the Narnia novels by C.S. Lewis. And in the, in the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, we, Aslan calls um, Peter, Lucy, uh, Susan, and Edmund, calls them the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. And when they sit on the throne at Carparavel in Narnia, 
then that will be the true kings and queens and the rule and Narnia will be as it should be. And this, and here we have Susan, Edmund, Lucy and Peter. And I think when we think about we've seen God's people we made up of diverse people, every tribe and every tongue. And we think what, and then we get this idea, don't we, of God's people that they will actually reign. Here we see there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the land will be in the city, and his servants who will be servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. And do you think of Psalm 8, verse 6, it says, You made them rulers, that's humanity, over the works of your hands, but you put everything under their feet. So, as I say, that picture, C.S. Lewis, it's fiction, it's a story. Um, but I think that gives us an idea, sons of Adam, daughters of Eve, of what God's people will be doing, ruling and reigning the Lamb and the Almighty will be there and we will rule and reign. We will serve him too. And I say we've used picture language and Revelation uses picture language. And yet, I think as we think about it, it would be hard to imagine for us as God's people in that perfected kingdom. Whilst we don't get real details and we shouldn't be too... um, definitive about what we will do, it's hard to imagine it won't involve our flourishing our, in community, not as individuals, but as part of God's people, being fulfilled. Um, hard to imagine there not being beauty, creativity, culture, singing, and purpose and meaning as part of God's people in the perfected kingdom. You see, the dwelling place of God will be among his people and his glory will fill the entire creation. At the center will be God. And as we think of God's rule and blessing, so if we look here, the perfected kingdom, we will see that um, they will willingly, we will willingly, those who put their trust in Jesus, will willingly submit to his rule and enjoy that eternal blessing. And again, these are things which... Perhaps we find hard to envisage or imagine. But remember, revelation is to help us to keep on going. Hold on. Stick with Jesus. And these are incredible pictures about what our future is with the one true God. Just finally, it's probably worth thinking of something we see in the last battle, the final book of that series, which I think, you know, helps us. I think C.S. Lewis always puts things very well. Again, this is fiction. It's not from the Bible. But he says this, but the things that begin to happen after they were, that were so great and beautiful, that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before.
And just finally, who's this? It's Kingfisher Church, isn't it? I don't know if you look, I, I think this is taken about 2018, so some of us are looking a, lot, a bit worse for wear. But this is God's people here at Little Paxton. As I say, Revelation was there to help us, to keep on going, to encourage each other, to stick with Jesus. And we need each other. It's not something we do as some individual project. And so that's why we need each other at Kingfisher Church. And why not just here, but the worldwide church. We need each other to keep us going, keep on looking to that great future, that perfected kingdom, which will come when Jesus returns to bring about that new age, that new heaven and new earth, that new universe. Why don't we pray? Jesus, as we read at the end of this book, you say you are coming soon. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. We just thank you that in and through you, we have that hope, that hope of a perfected kingdom where we will be your people and you will be our God. Until I Great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Please do take a seat.